October 27, 1904, the first New York subway line opens. The mayor holds the ceremonial ribbon cutting and floor pissing. Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. <laughs> I'm Zach Powers. And returning to the show, uh, lovely gentleman, uh, gentleman of leisure, man about town, Hello. comedian. Greetings, uh, Byron Graham. Yeah. The, the, the Dr. Jekyll to Brian's Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Eternally <laughs> so. I can never remember which one's the good one at first. Well, it's Mr. Hyde is the bad one, even though Dr. Jekyll is by far the more evil sounding name. That's true. I mean, although Jekyll did invent Hyde, he so, did. So I mean, he's oh wow, you're you're seeing layers upon layers here. Really, I wow. want to see uh, a retelling from Hyde's perspective. Yeah, uh, like the wicked of Hyde. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the hit song instead of defying gravity is trapped inside the same dude. Wow. It's the classic. Doctors Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster uh, conundrum, aka I mean, the modern Prometheus. <laughs> I wonder how That's aware why... Hyde is if he's just like hates being in Jekyll's body while he's out there doing good shit. Oh, he like, definitely he does. He hates it. He's like he talks about another it. Another doctor's appointment again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> another doctor's. Oh, so he paying hates your Aaron. taxes, Jekyll. <laughs> you <Yeah>. cuck. <laughs> Reviled whenever. Dr. Jekyll gives one of his child patients a lollipop for being a good <laughs> That was my lollipop. He, he hates having to return his glasses to Warby Parker or whatever. Uh, yeah. Steal that magazine from work, Jekyll. We need it more. <laughs> Who cares if it's Deborah's sandwich? We're hungry now. <laughs> Put that fish in the microwave, Jekyll. <laughs> Other just mundane shit. <laughs> Open that business in that residential zone. <laughs> um, Who cares if the homeowners association says your grass is too long? It's hard to cut. We don't have motorized lawnmowers yet. <laughs> People don't know that they like. But just... we will eventually have those things I just referenced. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hyde can also see into the future. Most people okay. don't remember that part yeah. of the story. <laughs> they didn't do a lot with it. They introduce his clairvoyance, and then it just kind of goes nowhere. You yeah, know? <laughs> but you know, you know what, uh, you know what, a thing that Mr. Hyde would do is hmm. either not vote or vote Republican. So this is an early <laughs> tease that we're going to say. This is our last one before election day. So I recommend you go vote and preferably not for the, the mail bomb people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, in a world where we have to say that. Hey, the mail bomb guys, not right. Not, yeah. not the ones you should be listening to. This be a Jekyll, cycle. not a Hyde. Uh, vote Democrat. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll is a college-educated white man, so he's marginally more likely to vote for Democrats than Mr. Hyde, who has no formal education. He of lives, course, who is blue yeah, collar. He lives in a major metropolis, so he, the, Although he that is a to... myth. Uh, Mr. Hyde actually quite wealthy and votes for Republicans out of economic self-interest. Yeah. Um, so, burn it all down, folks. Um, 
Yeah, when people say, like, I want everybody to vote, I don't care what party you are. It's like, no. I do. Like, yeah, I so- <laughs> We need to do, like, we need some, like, if you're on a golf course, like, we need to not, like, they're. We need to suppress back is what I think we need to do. Do you want to send a, a mail bomb to Robert De Niro, among other people? If you have a if you have a membership with a country club, you cannot go to the polls. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Go to the holes, not the polls. That's that's their motto. If Fox News is on in your house right now, don't go. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't think, go to the links. That's the new anti- golfer voting slogan have you watched the the blue collar comedy tour (laughs) don't vote (laughs) like the russian hacker thing where they're like hey you can vote online now did you know that liberals oh yeah we got to do shit like that they're so dumb they'll fall for it more than we will (laughs) did you know that voting for your favorite m&m flavor is the same as voting (laughs) (laughs) like if you voted for the orange m&m you participated in the democratic process (laughs) My voter fraud voice is also very close to my Mr. Hyde voice, I'm realizing now. I mean, Pull, pick up your phone and yell your vote into it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you have a landline. <laughs> we do also. Which is expect- why you get polled more often than other people for some fucking reason. Well, they're dumb yeah, you enough think they to would have cracked that nut pulling people. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Uh,. Listeners, if you're new to this show, what we typically do is we take a topic from history. One person presents the official government-sanctioned version of events, uh, and another person presents an off-the-wall, bonkers, batshit alternate history. And the winner then gets to become the truth. Right now, we are (coughs) smack dab in the middle of our annual Halloween spooktacular. So cue spooky sound effects that I'm yep. sure I will edit in. Okay. Uh, you should just get a soundboard on my cell phone of like ghost noises and chains <laughs> that I could hold up to the mic. It would save us all a lot of time. Spiders. And the embarrassment of us inevitably never adding the sound effects. <laughs> it adds a touch of whimsy to never add them. There is a black cat in the studio right now. She's um, crossed my path several times. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. My so. studio has an all-white cat, so it's a real Sailor Moon up in here. <laughs> Classic Sailor Moon sitch. <laughs> We've all been there. One of them is named Luna. So this just says spooky voting. Um, <laughs> if you uh, listen to our previous Shocktober episode, uh, The Beast of Gévaudan with uh, Mitch Jones, who I did not realize had such a golden throat. Uh, oh. Beautiful, beautiful voice. There was a singing portion? There was a, an extended uh, effort to force werewolves into Broadway show tunes. <laughs> it went on, frankly, too long. <laughs> Is any amount of time appropriate for that, though? I, uh, yeah, I, submit, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. In terms of things that are too long for Broadway, like, cats exists, and that should be <laughs> negative five minutes. <laughs> and instead the, it's like three hours the thing i always keep forgetting is that cats is based on a t.s Eliot play yeah i have no idea what cats is about but it does ha- it's it has about some cats. great tunes it has some great tunes I, uh, it's, all, it's, cats, it's honestly believe. right there in the title what it's about well, look for but the I mean, like, big what's screen? the story of it like what it's just a bunch of cats doing cats i think it is i think it's mostly cats just being like i'm the horny cat and i'm the mischievous cat <laughs> that, that yeah the classic boy band 
they're horny, all the horny, the horny one, the mischievous <laughs> one, the horny one, and the less horny one. Uh, that's 98 degrees. And mischievous in this case is a synonym for horny, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Mischievously horny. <laughs> oh no. That is a sleeveless t-shirt I do not want to see anyone he, wearing. He fucks you with a little whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um god damn it. Oh, Mr. Mustafali. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listeners, uh, the winner of the uh, previous episode was the alternate history, which, Zach, I forget the elements of that right now, because it's been a little uh, bit since we've recorded. Yeah, I was like, it started as Beauty and the Beast a mm-hmm. little bit, and then it went on, there was some Amelie in there. Wow. Uh, the Beast escaped and became the basis for Werewolf of London and eventually uh, <laughs> Boris Johnston, Brexit <laughs> pioneer. Was that your Oh, Jaws was in there too. Oh. Yeah, that's right. But Zach, thank you for that. And thank you to Mitch Jones for dropping a whole Time Life album worth of show tunes <laughs> on us. But uh, also, real quick, since we never got to it because life, the winner of the Jack the Ripper uh, tournament... I guess, is Katie Hannon's alternate history of Francis Tumblety, where he accidentally killed the five canonical Jack the Ripper victims and intentionally killed the six other sort of associated Whitechapel victims. A real um, comedy of errors. <laughs> until it was just a murder. Until it became, yeah. Thank you to Katie Hannon and everyone who participated in that. But... We're uh, about to turn our attention to the second and final of our spooktacular episodes, the Bloody Benders. You gotta um, put some more oomph on it. You guys, the Bloody yeah, Benders. I really wanted to uh, retake that. Hang on. <clears throat> the Bloody Benders. Oh. Yeah, see, that was... Uh, now now let's re- get one where you're, like, confused. You're bewildered a little the bit. The Bloody Benders? Okay, that's not bad. Okay, cool. Now let's get one where you're mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> Mischievously horny. The Bloody Benders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man of a thousand voices. Um. Hey there, this is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. But Zach, you're doing the actual history? Uh, that's right. All right. Well, the Bloody Benders uh, were... A family that lived in Labette County, Kansas, around 1871 to 1873. Labette County, Kansas is about as southwest Kansas as you can possibly get. Um, They got the land, of course. If you had to guess, would you guess possibly because Native Americans were kicked off the land and it was open to homesteaders? (laughs) (laughs) Because that is a safe bet. That is indeed what happened. So... The horror begins. <laughs> That's um, so bonkers to me. It's like, here, white German, take this land. Yeah. You could just you, have it, it for being here. It clearly belongs to you, yeah. of all people. Yeah, and they could just grab like 160 acres. Like, what are they <laughs> doing with that? They used five acres for an orchard, and that's it. The rest was just fucking sitting there. <laughs> I guess it was like scream distance, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have that scream buffer. Yeah. That was yeah. a big feature on most property from that time. 
Um, but uh, they certainly made use of their screen buffer. Because <laughs> these four killed between a dozen and 20 plus people over those three years. Uh, their name, they were in, uh, in order. Uh, John Sr., who was the patriarch. Elvira, the mother. John Jr., the son. And Kate, the daughter, uh, John Sr., 60. He barely spoke English, heavy German accent. Uh, Elvira allegedly spoke no English. <laughs> uh, we'll say allegedly Sorry, just the because... the way you said that, like she was committing a crime. I We're mean, she come is, back. but not that. We're going to come back to the no English part of that a okay. little later. Uh, she was so rude that other people in town called her a she-devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh john jr is 25 he was handsome uh slight german accent known to laugh aimlessly which caused people in town to call him I don't a like half wit <laughs> no i mean imagine if one of us just laughed aimlessly throughout this podcast how uncomfortable would that <laughs> yes <make? laughs> how uncomfortable would it be if i think that's one of our spooky that. sound effects maybe <laughs> that we're adding in post <laughs> <laughs> just laughter under the whole episode uh, yeah, just it's like a laugh track. Actually, we should do that for every episode so people find this funny for a change. <laughs> and find it incredibly alarming also. Yeah. That'd just Kate, be so much audio. It's it, it, Yo, it would like triple the, the, the file size. There was that heartwarming yeah. moment, just you know, where the like, audience is like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. And, then, like, and then Kelly Bundy walks in and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> that, that sounded more like a tornado siren do it cheap get 10 seconds and make it clearly looped every 10 <laughs> seconds for the entire run run time of the podcast uh and in fact for 30 minutes afterwards let's just have this thing be an hour long yeah that's our outro Pump up the numbers our outro is as long as a normal episode almost and it's just laughter <laughs> looped revisionist is caught in front of a live studio audience <laughs> the audience won't leave uh finally kate uh was 23 she's considered very attractive almost no accent and uh, she said that she was uh, a healer, a psychic. Uh, she advocated for free love and was unsurprisingly the big draw of stopping by the Bender's <laughs> place. I love how they just kind of imply that she was banging a lot. <laughs> she was well, luring I, murder victims into that hotel. She was like uh, the temptress. She was like the, the the Sarah Jessica Parker witch in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she would have like readings for people. She would invite mm -hmm. them over to do like psychic readings and stuff. Seances. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not clear if they were explicitly a family or if just like they were a group of murderous strangers who met each other and started hanging out. It's uh, the first meetup like group. Exactly. <laughs> Serial killer enthusiasts. It seems likely that Elvira and Kate were probably mother and daughter, and John Jr. and Kate were, I if they weren't brother and sister, they might have been married and posing as brother and sister for the town. Um, <laughs> Very weird. A lot of... Uh, it's called a reverse Lannister, I think. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the details on the family are pretty obscure because it was, you know... Yeah, Kansas in the 1870s, and nobody knew shit about shit. 
It was mostly just dust out there. Yeah, pretty much. I know much. corn and some wheat. That's some my wheat. There's a single. I dabble in wheat. wheat. Yeah, and a lot of racism. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, <laughs> so speculation is that John Senior was actually possibly a guy named John Fleckinger. Elvira was possibly named Elmira Hill Mark who was from New York and may have been a Black Widow prior to uh, running out to join the Bender family. Oh, hey. A Black Widow is in a, someone who kills their husbands. Not, not the an actual spider who right. anamorphed into a woman. Yeah. Uh, Kate might have been born Sarah Elizabeth Mark, one of El, uh, Elmira's actual daughters. Get more to that later. And John Jr., there's some speculations his name was John Gebhardt. That's based exclusively on a passage that was written in a prayer book in the house, in the Bender house. Um, hmm. So in 1871, the trouble begins. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the body of a man who's only identified as Jones is found uh, in Drum Creek, he's got his head smashed in and his throat cut. Uh, over the next year, two more bodies are found matching the same description. Uh, and after that point, like disappearances become so common over the next few years that people start avoiding the path when they're traveling through the area. Uh, in winter of 1872, a man named George Lancor and his daughter, Marianne disappear while moving through the area. Uh, and their neighbor, Dr. William York, uh, decides mm. to search for them to try to figure out what happened to them and also disappears. <laughs> but unlike a lot of the rest of these fucking rubes, Dr. York is connected as fuck and has people who care about him. So he thought so to tell someone where he was going. <laughs> yeah. So he has two brothers, Doc, uh, Colonel Ed York and, and Doc Ock. Yeah. And Doc Ock. Yeah. Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. <laughs> two brothers, ten arms. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's a great tagline. <laughs> uh he also has state senator um alexander york who had recently uncovered a bribery scandal so he seems like an all right guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah based solely on that and no other information well he could have taken the bribes instead of exposing them i guess oh my god and then framed his (laughs) co-conspirators yeah so colonel york heads up this uh investigation He questions every house along the trail that Dr. York passed through. And on March 28, 1873, he meets up with the Benders with a couple of associates. Uh, He has dinner with them, but the Benders managed to say, like, we don't know what happened. Maybe he ran afoul of Indians, as I'm sure was the excuse for everything. Mm -hmm. It was the (laughs) thanks Obama of the time. (laughs) <laughs> thanks osages yeah. <laughs> um, um, just as racist too so but here's where the uh the benders start to make their maybe aren't the most cautious of criminals because in the couple days after he leaves a woman flees their home when elvira threatens her with a knife <laughs> <laughs> which causes York to go back and question them about the incident again. The family denies the claim ever happened. The two younger do. Um, But when he keeps repeating it, Elvira uh, becomes enraged and says the young woman was a witch who cursed her coffee. 
(laughs) (laughs) And inadvertently, like a stupid villain, like caught on camera at the end of a dumb movie, reveals that she understands English. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the like end of taking of Pelham 123 moment there. Yeah, it's a classic like... These rubes don't know. I have no respect for these rubes who are trying to vote for me. Hurdy gurdy. <laughs> oh, wait, is that camera on? Is the mic hot? Yeah. My nefarious plans. Um, Hurdy gurdy. Although real life has shown that a hot mic exposing you saying something awful is not particularly effective in the real world. Not always a deal breaker. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's sugar on top for some people, I guess. Um. Anyways. Kate, after he's, when Colonel York is leaving, Kate invites him back for a private psychic reading in a few days. Um, But (laughs) Colonel York is surprisingly not dumb as shit, so he doesn't do it. Um, The party he's with, York's party, is convinced that the Benders and the Roaches, uh, another nearby family, are to blame, and they want them hanged immediately. And York's like, nah. I'm going to be all Robert Mueller about this and be like, we need evidence. (laughs) Due process. (laughs) Um, At the same time, there are hearings in town about the disappearances because neighboring communities are accusing this community of being responsible. And it is decreed at one of these hearings that there will be a search warrant for every house in, in, in the community. Uh, At this meeting are Colonel York and both of the male benders and after this meeting, the benders fucking pull up stakes and get the fuck out. <laughs> but nobody knows for a couple of days until somebody sees that their livestock is underfed uh, at their home. And when that's reported, they still have to wait a couple more days because bad weather uh, holds them up. So by this point, the benders are long fucking gone. Mm-hmm. But they send a huge party comes to their house, a lot of volunteers, and they search it. They find a trap door in the main room. This is a a house that has basically one big room, but it's separated by a curtain. The back room is for sleeping. The front room is for a general store and dining. If so, if that if that was selling in Denver right now, it would be what fourteen hundred dollars a month, basically. We could assume so. Yeah. (laughs) They also had a nice little five acre apple orchard off to the side. Mm -hmm. A good screen buffer, as we've discussed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and in near the curtain in the middle of the house, they find a secret door that leads to a cellar, uh, which has like broken slabs and a bunch of dried blood all over, (laughs) though they don't find any bodies down there. Eventually, (laughs) man, never make sure all your doors are not secret. That's just asking for trouble. Well, I don't know. If you're a rube, I guess. It depends what you're doing down there. But sometimes you want a little... If you're mischievous, maybe you want a little secret room. Okay. Um, I'm not comfortable with that now that we've associated that word. Um, in the apple orchard, however, they find... Almost immediately, they find Dr. York's body. And over the next few days, they find uh, eight more. Uh, all of them, except one, have been smashed in the head and then their throat cut uh except one young girl who was either strangled or buried alive um, oh that's, yeah that's even more grim yeah. yeah uh they also find another body in the well along with several body parts uh so you know in addition to the three from before that's like 
12 plus confirmed dead people. Um, so that one of the people who is immediately this, this town is incensed and they grab this guy Brockman, who is a friend of the benders and is still around. And to try and get information from him, they hang him from the beam in the benders house three times until he is unconscious and then pull him up trying to pull Ugh. information off this guy. Oh, that's some real Abu Ghraib shit. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to uh, say <laughs> these townspeople are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like everybody was just a little bit evil back then. <laughs> I did just hear Donald Rumsfeld get a boner, though. So <laughs> He has such audible boners. No one says that about Rumsfeld, but <laughs> he calls it boy, the known boy, boy, known. <laughs> The known yeah. bone. Yeah, I like <laughs> the known bone. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that is. Yeah, he sees one of those unpleasant. nude statues. He's <laughs> gonna get that known bone. Um. Anyways, uh, so the the newspaper he was described then after the hangings as stumbling home quote. As one drunk or deranged. <laughs> um, there's a prayer book found. That's where you get that job, John Gebhardt information. And it has such things written in it as Big Slaughter Today, Jan 8, and Hell Departed. Just random weird little phrases. <laughs> Eventually the house is torn apart by souvenir hunters pretty much completely. Um, there's an a reward between Senator York and the Kansas governor that totals $3,000. That's 60,000 in today's money for the capture of these, uh, these folks. Um, it's actually less than I thought it would translate to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't guess it's not inflation. fucking worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like you could buy more stuff was cheaper back then. It's like, I, I have a nickel. Give me that cow. Yeah. Like, give me a house. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the point of inflation, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Guys, we got to um, whip inflation now. That's uh, please vote. Um, so they deduced the the method of killing was that they would invite guests to sit at the head of the table when they had them for dinner. Um, as I said, the room was divided by like a curtain or a sheet, uh, and uh, one of the two men would hide behind the curtain with a hammer while Kate talked to the intended victim and kind of drew their attention because she was, you know, the hot one. And uh, then one of the guys would smack him on the back of the head with a hammer and one of the two women would slit their throat to ensure they're dead. The chair was right next to the trap door that led into the cellar so they could just easily dump the body into the cellar to be stripped and then buried. Um, doesn't seem like... The, the people they killed were sometimes very wealthy, but sometimes had absolutely nothing. So it doesn't seem like it was exclusively for money. Sometimes it seems like they just killed because they liked to kill people. Um, there's also Love a lot of the of, game. Love of the game. There was a few survivors who corroborate that story. Like one guy said that uh, when he refused <laughs> to sit at the head of the table, Kate threatened him with a knife he became one person became nervous about sitting at the head of the table because the sheet that separated the two halves of the house had blood stains <laughs> on it. Uh, one preacher said he saw one of the men skulking around like in the edges of the room with a hammer. So it seems like a lot of these stories corroborate this method of execution. 
and how just unsubtle they were. About yeah, they were every- not the best. There was also a bunch of bullet holes in the side of the house, which people think may have been like survivors who didn't die immediately trying to fight back. But, you know, they were understandably out of it because they had just been smashed in the head with a fucking hammer. <laughs> Leatherface style. <laughs> oh, this um, is very Leatherface a, a bit. Yeah, yeah especially oh, yeah. that first one and that first kill in the first movie. Reminds me of that a lot. <laughs> you get, you had this like sort of wistful look in your eyes a little that bit. That is one of the best character introductions in cinema, I have to say. It's yeah, very that's effective. True. And that real good true. killing. Just top notch. Efficient. Like, yeah, this efficient, guy knows how to do it. Not showing off, just good old fashioned murdering. That's the thing. Know? Leatherface is about the craft. That's yeah. that's the thing. He just keeps he's got his ten thousand hours. <laughs> these punks nowadays, these fucking saws with their <laughs> fancy ass shit. No, mm-hmm. Leatherface doesn't, Rube doesn't Goldberg fuck with that. Yeah. Playing these funny games. Yeah. Um regardless, uh it, they escape the the their wagon was found about twelve miles from their home, abandoned. Um it was determined they jumped on a train and headed to outlaw country, probably around <laughs> New Mexico. Um they weren't followed because people had a tendency to not come back from that region of the country at the time. <laughs> but a few parties claimed to have tracked them down. One guy said he found John Jr. dead from, uh, like, some, like, exposure or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other parties that variously said that they went out and they hung them all. One person, one party said that they uh, shot them. One party said that they killed them all, like by hanging, except for Kate, who they burned alive. Which is like, why? Because <laughs> she's why a witch. Single... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but uh, the claims are obviously not like they they contradict each other. You can't corroborate them. No one ever claimed the reward. Um, there's a few more incidences of people that may have been them after that point. In 1884, a man named John Flickinger in Lake Mi- around Lake Michigan killed himself. Something that may have been uh, John Sr. Also in 1884, a man was arrested for a bludgeoning murder in Iowa and severed his foot to escape. People thought he looked like Ugh. Pa Bender. Oh, uh, But he died after yeah, severing his foot. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the time somebody who could corroborate his identity came, he was too decomposed to uh, <laughs> say for sure. Regardless, I don't know. The guy I remember had a foot. I don't know. I just... <laughs> They did put his skull up in a local saloon there uh, until 1920 when Prohibition started, at which point the skull disappeared. (laughs) That's the dumbest side effect of Prohibition I've ever heard. They all sobered up and were like, we can't have a skull around. What the fuck are we doing? Well, the saloon closed, I assume, but no one knows what happened to the skull. Yeah, they just had a Um, fire sale for all their decor. It's probably in an Applebee's somewhere now. (laughs) Probably. Uh, The the Roaches, who I mentioned earlier, that guy Brockman and a third guy named Mitt Cherry. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. (laughs) Were uh, arrested uh, as accessories for the Bender's crimes because they were involved in disposing of various goods from the victims and or forging letters to the victim's family saying they had safely crossed. Mm -hmm. Um. Brockman, that guy who was hung three times, lest you had yes, too much... Yes, he was. And it was, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he had three dicks and they were all big. Um, <laughs> Real big. <laughs> lest you had too much sympathy for that guy, 23 years later, he was arrested again for raping and murdering his own 18-year-old daughter. Yikes. So, well, not the best dude. Yeah, well, I'm kind of glad he got hung three times then. 
Yeah. And Maybe very upset I made that off. joke before yeah. knowing that. <laughs> Um, regard, uh, later, also, uh, around 1889, two women who matched, uh, Elvira and Kate's description were arrested for larceny. In fact, on Halloween, 1889. <laughs> Take a shot. Uh-huh. Um, and they matched the description of, uh, the female benders. Um, the younger one says that she's actually Kate's sister, Sarah, but that the older one is Ma Bender. Um... Another daughter of Elvira comes forward and says that she couldn't be Ma Bender because there's this affidavit that she was in a detention center for manslaughter at the time of the Bender murders for the death of her husband. Um, they're released because of that, but a lot of people think that that affidavit was fake. A lot of people like identified them as looking exactly like the Benders and such, uh, but they were eventually let go for lack of evidence. Um and uh, finally, the last little tidbit here is that Laura Ingalls Wilder lived around the area where the Benders were killing as a young girl. She claims that at one point her family did stop uh, at their inn when she was a little girl and that their, her father was part of a vigilante party that tracked them down and came home and said they will never be found. That said... Uh, Ingalls Wilder moved away from there when she was four, two years before the benders were exposed. Mm. And also a lot of those little house in the prairie books, she like kind of bends the truth about herself. So I think that's bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Why are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> but that concludes the real history of the bloody benders of Kansas. <laughs> it's just, it's so, un- everything about it is so grim. Like, yeah. From it's- just the uh, idiotically simple murder methods, mm-hmm. the old bonk and slash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bonk them, you slash them, you dump them. The dead cow that people find that was like still tied up to its post with yeah. its udders burst. It's just, there's so many grim details. When that, when that, when the place was uh abandoned when, yeah yeah when they find it uh after mm-hmm. that oh, meeting yeah uh yeah i just remember like the uh, i didn't know that others could do that and then yeah. when i read that i was like Ugh. it's real upsetting zach thank you uh, yep yeah thanks to you from the x access it's john of all trades with your host john x welcome 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 to this john of all trades podcast promo each wednesday i bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new hey what do you do it's fun informative and it's the 2017 westward reader's choice award winner for best denver podcast itunes stitcher and john of all trades.us Byron, whenever you're ready. All right. Well, I, this, this the benders are so shrouded in mystery that, uh, you know, the true story has never been heard until now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, most, most of the details are accurate. Germanic people. Uh, but what people don't know is that Pa Bender is essentially the Doctor Who of serial killers every time. <laughs> and that he's now a woman. He's now a woman. <laughs> Uh, and he was Peter Capaldi for a little bit. He was Peter. <laughs> um, every time there's an un, you know, a serial killer that never gets caught, it's actually Pop Bender. That's, that's oh. what's going on. Uh, we'll start like we'll start with the motives for these these Kansas-based killings before I sure. get into his other regenerations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kate really was uh, a clairvoyant. Really was a medium. 
And uh, so they started killing because she wanted some ghosts to show people. And she was like, <laughs> all the damn oh. ghosts around here are Osage. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. People won't pay. Back in those days, people would only pay for white ghosts. Yeah, you need white ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so she was trying to stock the acreage with good old-fashioned white ghosts that she could show to people. Wholesome. Uh, <laughs> just... Just very economically stressed ghosts. I want to use this as some kind of weird method to get racists to kill each other. <laughs> Superstitious racists. It's like, if you live on an Indian barrel ground, you need some white ghosts to help you out. You guys, you guys need to all make a suicide pact together. <laughs> um, so the, the first iteration of the Benders and the... Obviously, the, it's mutable, the actual identity. The Kate, that giggling simpleton John Jr., <laughs> Elvira, they're all, it's like an aspen grove. They're all. Oh, they're, okay. <laughs> That's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> they're one organism powered by pure evil. Just. <laughs> and uh, the first reported sighting of any uh, Bender activity. 15th century Hungary okay. <laughs> rich princess Elizabeth Bathory <laughs> murders hundreds of Hungarian peasant girls bathes in their blood makes poultices out of their brains yeah previous uh, subject of this very podcast oh. I believe uh, you know it's quite a skincare regimen L'Oreal mm -hmm. is coming out with the peasant girl poultice <laughs> next year <laughs> Yeah, and of course, there's a Fenty line coming out, too, yeah. that I think is going to be way better. <laughs> uh, so they, they go they go quiet for a, a little while, pop up, 18th century Kansas. And here's where the, uh, the organism parts. Senior benders, younger benders go their separate ways. Young mm. John Jr., giggling simpleton that he is, uh, can't get very far. So yeah, As he, a giggling simpleton. It's it, sure. You know, you got stuff to giggle at. <laughs> and a simple Truly mind. the leather face of the family. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think they all agreed together, we need to evolve past the bonk and slash. We need to come up with new, it's innovative stale. murder yeah. methods. It's hack at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So they make their separate ways. Uh, let's say around twenty years elapsed because I don't know. Big in the seventies, but they yeah. need their new. They need their scream to revitalize the genre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new century. It's time for a new killing method. So John Jr. become very uh, prominent architect in Chicago. That's right, White mm -hmm. City, baby. And you can see where this is going. Builds his own murder house. Everything that mm. that one room shack didn't have. A bloody curtain. Come on. He's got secret rooms within secret rooms. <laughs> he's got so many. He's got bodies buried in bodies. He's. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the first human centipede. Yeah, it's uh, like that, uh, that meme with exhibit. <laughs> what? I don't know. You've never seen that meme? What the fuck are you talking about? I heard you like bodies, so I buried a body in your body? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that's, that's very funny. I'm, I'm really into moths right now. That's my thing. Um, but anyway. And, uh, yeah, and actually, it's a rather, a rather touching moment. Pa Bender comes to visit old John Jr., mm. sees the house for the first time, sees all the secret rooms, all the 
top-notch murder and he's doing and for the first time ever in his life he says son i'm proud of you <laughs> then he and gives him son. the old bonk and slash <laughs> that's right oh <laughs> that's what really happened to hh H. holmes mm. his dad killed him and then pa bender goes jolly old england that's right <laughs> london little area called Whitechapel. oh wait <laughs> okay you may remember it from the hours of <laughs> podcasting we just did about it. Well, you haven't heard this theory. Okay. Uh, Elvira does not take too kindly to Pa Bender's new fondness for ladies of the night. He's uh, <laughs> real mad about hookers. Real mad about <laughs> hookers, old Pa Bender. And so she... Yeah, I remember that Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt sitcom. <laughs> Uh, and she was always she was always the knife wielder of the group. She she loved <laughs> she loved doing the slash part. Of, and she was like, you know what? Why stop at just one slash? Mm-hmm. Why uh why not pull all their organs out <laughs> onto the cobblestones for passersby to see? <laughs> and uh, when pa-, pa Bender discovered Elvira covered in viscera, just mm-hmm. knife in hand, he told her. You know, honey, for the first time in my life. <laughs> oh, he actually said for the first time in my life. That seems way more in insulting life, than just saying it for the first time. <laughs> oh, and then he gave her the old bonkin' slash mm-hmm. and became just a single <laughs> entity. And he was last, uh, her, his last activity, uh, mid-1960s, mm. early 70s, Northern, Calif- Northern California. Mm. That's right, the Zodiac Killer, everybody. He's all of them. Wouldn't it be so nice if if it was just one evil thing? <laughs> um, that's all I got. <laughs> any, any, any indication of where he is today? Uh, you know, I feel like serial killing has gone out of vogue. Yeah, oh, that's it's been a while wrong. since he's he... figuring out his next move. He's figuring out how to bring it back. There's about 15 active in the U.S. right now. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Why um, don't you hear about him more? Yeah, why do you know that so fast, too? <laughs> oh, because I can't sleep a lot of the time, so I spend the time on the internet. It's like, we're uh, on the same newsletter. Uh. Yeah. No, we're, yeah, we, we're on a Slack channel. I don't know how I ended up there. There's 15 active serial killers. Estimated. Right? Not, like, confirmed through DNA. That's probably still a lot less than there used to be, because it seemed like back in the 70s and it's 80s, it was so like, easy yeah. to kill. I mean, in the 1870s, yeah. that was, like anybody could have, you could kill anybody and just the people disappeared all the time. We have all this body gunk all over the scene. <laughs> we have no way to trace that to anything. <laughs> I just I can't believe they owned 160 acres and just kept the fucking bodies in their house. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They all must have stunk so I, bad. I, they must like, have I imagine it. Well, at first they tried to throw him in the creek, but people started fucking finding him. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's got to be like, I'll take that body out tomorrow. And oh. then you throw another body on top of it. It's just like, I, I'll take it out tomorrow. And then it keeps getting heavier. Though, but most of them were in the apple orchard, I think. So, or the well. That's another thing people didn't. She was trying to grow new humans. She was trying to <laughs> land them in the ground. Also, their cider. Just top notch. Top though. notch. Perfectly just corpsey bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of astringency. You wanted a good alcohol. Tastes like death. Love it. Uh, Byron, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I probably should have written things down. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I want to take a moment to remind you that <laughs> The Revisionist is a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network, along with such shows as Motherfucker in a Cape, um, which is a really fun show. 
that examines uh, geek culture and comics uh, through uh, creators who are people of color uh, or women or LGBTQ. Uh, and it's a really good show. So check out Motherfucker in a Cape. Um, also, uh, we uh, I'm trying to unload some of the t-shirts we have on hand uh, just because I keep forgetting to plug that shit. Uh, so if you're listening to this and want a Jeff Tice design t-shirt, you can see the design on our Instagram page. It's really yeah, cool. It's like, Caesar uh, one? That is cool. Yeah. Caesar holding a little human hand that he's chomping on. Uh, <laughs> from like episode four, I think, or something yeah, like that. Very um, early one. Yeah. Um, those, uh, yeah. If you, uh, if you see that I don't like it, send us a message through the website, revisionspodcast.com. Uh, until we get rid of them, they're just $10. So you'd be crazy not to. Put them uh, on your torso. Yeah, exactly. You need a shirt, so put it on. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of situations where a shirt is good. Mm-hmm. Grocery stores, restaurants. Swimming pools. Uh, when it's cold. <laughs> showers. Yeah, <laughs> just all the time. Um, when you are ashamed of your body. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> um... Also, we ask that you review the podcast on your podcast service of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of those. Yeah. Uh, written reviews especially are super helpful. Um, and you can always reach out to us at revisionistpodcast.com or at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at revisionistpodcast on Instagram, at revisionpod on Twitter. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Byron, you... Uh, you co-host Designated Drunkard with friend of the show Katie Hannon. I do, yeah. Uh, Jack the Ripper off winner. Mm. Um, <laughs> Jack the Ripper off. <laughs> I don't. That's somehow so upsetting to hear. He, she won the Jack the Ripper off. No, I know, I know. We don't have to call it that. Though. You get a bunch of Jack the Rippers. You put them in a Jack the Ripper off. <laughs> Why are you Seinfelding right now? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Every every first Saturday at the Comedy Room Room, located in El Chirito. Uh, it's a comedy drinking game. It's a good, great, great old time. And also, uh, or do you want me? I'll just do them. Uh, I'll be on the next Queen City Companion. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Lord Humphrey Slip Tickle will be mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with uh, his collection of Victorian erotica. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also, I, I co-host the Mutiny Book Club podcast with friend with, of the show Jen Colic. Yes, and. Um, the next one will is too soon, but we're last Sundays of every month in the Mutiny Information well, it'll Cafe. Well, also be the day store. after this comes out. Okay. So if you're really on top of it, listeners, you should get down there uh, because that's a really, really good time, um, and it'll force you to read. <laughs> if yeah, the, you're an illiterate. The book this month is we uh, Jesus the best we could do, mm-hmm. and next month is Cherry. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. Read yes, a book. Indeed. Um, Zach, you are, uh, maybe want to yeah. ring uh, the we, voting uh, bell one more time? We, so Brian advertised that podcast, uh, that focuses on people of color and LGBT people and women. And if you like any of those groups of people, <laughs> <laughs> or just generally poor people, uh, I recommend that you go ahead and vote on November 6th or earlier. Early voting is open now in a lot of states, including Colorado. If you're in Colorado, you can still register online until the 29th and in person until Election Day. So if you're like, I didn't do it. Well, fucking that's still not an excuse. So it's, fuck off. Yeah. 
And, uh, and uh, yeah, if you're like a Republican, said, uh, you can vote by writing the name of your favorite candidate on a golf ball and getting yeah. a hole in one. So if you, yeah, <laughs> oh if you're God, a Republican, so this year they've announced a vote by wish uh, <laughs> initiative that's really taken off. So go ahead and, but it only works for Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Democrats and Democratic leaning independents. You have to actually vote. You have to do it, uh, yeah, old-fashioned style, but the RNC bylaws allow wish voting. So. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would say. Yeah, this is the this is the home stretch. We're not going to have any more of these before the election. So, you know, next time we do this, we might record before the election, but I might, if you fucked up, I'll be, you know, I'll be disappointed and I'll tell you about it next mm. time. <laughs> also, and- the only people who think that, like, I don't vote and, like, use that as an ethos are privileged young white idiots that's that's exclusively (laughs) who does that dumb white guys who are under 23 (laughs) just i don't vote all right cool no fuck off Uh, dumb white guys do you want to be like the old evil white guys no be like the other people who are not shit be like the old (laughs) miserable white guys yeah you can be evil or miserable that's your only choice why do you want to be like the people we're all waiting to die uh (laughs) Um, Zach, thank you. Yep. Um, as for me, Queen City Companion already got mentioned. That's going to be November 1st, uh, first Thursday of every month. All Falls Storytelling Show. And then I also host uh, a show I've been talking about a lot on this podcast, Know Your Shit, uh, which is Comedy TED Talks. Uh, and it's a super fun time. Uh, the reviews are in and they are glowing. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> The next one is going to be November 17th at the aforementioned Comedy Room Room, and the theme will be myths. Mm-hmm. So come check that out. Uh, it'll be a real hoot and a half. Um, but uh, judgment falls to me this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm honestly torn. Um, the Bloody Benders is an insane story, incredibly grim uh, yeah. and incredibly stupid. Um <laughs> That which is, I think, a Jonathan Safran Foer book, um, but uh, that's a joke for three people. Um, but I like the possibility of a Doctor Who body switching serial killer roaming through history. <laughs> so right now, I'm going to cast my vote for the alternate history, uh, but the voting is now open. Um, now I will say. This does complicate whatever we decided for Jack the Ripper and Elizabeth Bathory. I was thinking, I was thinking about that, but uh, since Byron never explicitly stated that that was one of the canonical Jack the Ripper victims, yeah, um, I think we're on solid ground here, um, legally speaking. I'll, yeah, it just could have been any old lady of the night. You don't know. <laughs> I'll check with the legal department, uh, but I think we're good. <laughs> um, but. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, Byron, I know you have a show to get to. Uh, I Um, do, yeah. uh, But for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Have a spooky spooky time. (laughs) Please vote. Vote. Please vote. Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 